So last time we talked about in 1 John, in, in uh, chapter 4, we were talking about how, how uh, just that we are to love the Lord, right? And love our neighbor uh, as ourselves, right? And, and, and uh, love one another. So, uh, and it, it should be obvious, if the Lord is in our lives, <clears throat> that his love will be obvious, right? It will just come out through our lives. And in 1 John chapter 1 and chapter 2, uh, John is talking about how God is light. And in chapter 3 and 4, God is love. And in chapter 5, it's talking about how God is life. And in, life is mentioned seven times in chapter 5. Uh, and it's alluded to five times in chapter 5. Uh, it's ex- ex- example in, uh, in 1 John chapter 5. Look at verse 11 with me. Uh, and it's clearly it's talking about how God is life. It says in verse 11, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. That's our confidence. And that you may be, continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. In 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 20. Skip down to verse 20. It says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So you guys get the picture there, right? This whole chapter is just jam-packed about life. And in fact, let's just read our, our passage. Go back to verse 1, 1 John chapter 5. It says, uh, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. And by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, since God is life, then God can give life, right? In John 10.10, 10, what does Jesus say? That he is, uh, he gives life in that more abundantly, right? And this life that he gives, it's one of overcoming. It's one that is victorious. And it's not an ordinary life by any means, right? It's, a, it's, it's one that's it's like an exciting life, right, that we live in Christ Jesus. Um, look at verses 4 and 5. We are clearly overcomers as believers in Christ. Look at verse 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now this word overcome, uh, Nike, Nike, uh, Nike, Nike, that's what, where is it over there? 
somewhere up there. There it is. But it, it means, it's used 28 times in the New Testament. 23 of those times, John uses this word. So he was excited about this word, right? And he's excited to give uh, this word that we are overcomers. And he's painting the picture for us that we are, we're overcomers in this life as believers in Jesus Christ, right? We are more than conquerors, Paul would say. Uh, and so we are clearly overcomers. The Bible says um, in Romans 8.37, that's where Paul says, you know, we're, we're uh, more than conquerors. First John 2.13, uh, it says, I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.57, he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 John 4, 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 21, it says, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. In Revelation 15, verse 2, it says, And I saw something like, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast. So clearly, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen, church? We're, we're victorious because of Christ Jesus in us. Now, in verses 1 through 5, the text is very simple. John is characterizing uh, those who are living a victorious life in Christ Jesus. And he's going to give us four things in these five verses here. Uh, and so the first thing is, what, what characterizes those who are living victorious lives? Well, the first thing is, well, they, they simply believe. They believe. In verses 1 and verse, in, in verse 5. In verse 1, it's that they believe that Jesus is the Christ. That he is the Christ, right? It's the bonus in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, then he's born of God. Look at verse 5. That They believe that he's also, secondly, that Jesus is the Son of God. Notice in verse 5, it says, Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So believing both is really saying the same thing, right? That uh, Jesus is the Christ and he's also the son of God and it speaks of believing in Jesus the Christ right by the way Christ that's not his last name right that's his title that's who he is uh, he's the Messiah turn with me to first John chapter 2 about a page or two to your left Christ simply means he's the Messiah, right? He's the anointed one. And you have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the promised Messiah, if you want to be born again, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you know, it's not, uh, you know, you're born of water, but you got to be born of the Spirit. So there's a problem. There's a lot of cults. There's a lot of organizations out there, uh, a lot of isms, if you will. And they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And in fact, uh, Jehovah's Witness, they believe Jesus is Michael the Archangel. And he is a created being. Uh, Mormons, they believe Jesus is the spirit brother of Lucifer. They believe Jesus and Lucifer were spirit brothers. And 
there's this, you know, they had to come up with the plan of redemption and, and, and the father chose Jesus is more so and so thus the battle of good and evil of both of them and um, and they fight with each other but there's the Church of Christ scientists headed by uh, Mary Becker Eddy. She believes that Jesus Christ is separate from Christ who is a human who shows Christ-like ideals and the Church of Scientology, which is a, it's so, it's such a joke. If you guys look into it, he's a good fictional writer, right? He wrote comics, and the same characters in those comic books that he wrote are the same characters in his religion that he started. It's just, it's crazy. But anyways, they claim that Jesus is a, he's a great teacher who f- fully realized his own personal divinity. And that you and I, if I, if we realize our own innermost divinity, we could be like Christ, but not fully Christ. Uh, the Unification Church, Sun Young Moon, believes that Jesus was a perfect man uh, who was faithful to God. Uh, the Way International believes that Jesus was a perfect man, but he was not divine. Uh, Judaism, even, they believe that Jesus was uh, a very important prophet, but he wasn't divine. He's not the Christ. He's not the Messiah. They're still looking for the Messiah. Uh, and Hinduism believes that Jesus was a great spiritual teacher. They call him uh, a guru, right? Um, uh, and Buddhism believes uh, he was a good teacher among many. Islam believes that Jesus was a major prophet among many. Uh, Baha'i faith believes Jesus is one of God's multiple manifestations. So are you guys with me? Yeah, look, look at First John chapter 2. Look at verse 21. The Bible says, it's always a good thing to say, right? But, but the Bible says, right? It says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Guys, I'm not trying to put down these cults in any way, right? Uh, the, they, I'm just simply showing you what they believe. You can call them and just to ask them yourself, and they'll rightly deny that Christ is he's the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God. And it's very, very sad, the influence that these people have in this world. And they're, they're your neighbors. They're, they're in your neighborhood. They're here in Appleton. And, and their goal is to deceive. And they may not know it, but it, it, they're going contrary to what the scripture says. They have the spirit of the Antichrist. This is heavy stuff, isn't it? Can you guys hear me, by the way? Okay, all right, good. Bear with me. Um, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, he said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. You know, the point is simple. Jesus is well, he's the only Savior. He's the only Christ. He's the only Messiah, right? And Jesus said himself, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, he says. That sounds very narrow, right? 
It is. It is Nero. Peter understood that Jesus was the Christ, that he was the Messiah, and he made that proclamation that Jesus Christ. He said in Matthew 16, 16, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The Ethiopian eunuch understood in Acts chapter 8, verse 37. Uh, at the end there, he says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Are you guys catching this? That not only is he the Christ, not only is he Savior, but he is the Son of God. The, the, he's divine, right? He's a, a, um, that's the deity of Christ, right? He's 100% uh, God, he's 100% man. He, uh, if you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, he's the only way, the only truth, and the, the life, then the Bible makes it very clear that you're not saved. You're not born again. You're not entering into the kingdom of heaven. And, and no matter how hard you work at it, there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they play church, right? They want to work and strive and do and sweat and, and give, and, and they, they do so much, but in the end, it was all for naught because it's not about you. It's not about what you can give and offer. It's about what he already offered, right? And, he, and that was himself he gave to us. And so biblical, biblical Christianity, it's not based on performance. It's based solely on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? For you and I and his, his death and his resurrection for you and I. And that's where we stand. So um, when we believe that Christ is the Messiah, we're born again. And notice I'm not telling you guys, by, by the way, to re, re, recite a creed. I'm not telling you to get a hold of some beads and start touching them and praying weird things. I'm not telling you to go underwater in some type of, you know, denomination. I'm not telling you to, uh, whatever, give money, knock on a certain amount of doors, none of that stuff, right? Um, that's all works, and they're all trying to make their way to heaven, but you cannot work your way to heaven, okay? Um, and the Bible makes that very clear. Well, let's come to the second thing, is they love. Let's go back to First John chapter 5. It says in verse 1, um, you know, those who are victorious in life, this is what they, they do in their life. They, they love. It says, and everyone who loves him who be God also loves him, who is begotten of him. So this love is revealed toward us or manifested in two people. And, and, and note carefully, number one is they love Jesus. They love Jesus. Notice in verse one, it says, and everyone who loves him, who begot. So Jesus has begotten us, right? He has caused us to be a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? And 2 Corinthians 5.17. And now you and I, we love him, right? And, and when we realize we truly are begotten of him, uh, our natural tendency is to just love him back, right? And, and, that, and, and that's what we do. And, and when we, you know, when we shut the computer down, when we put our phone down, when we just get away to that alone time with the Lord, is that not precious or what, guys? You just, you get alone, you open the word of God, you just wait on the Lord, you pray, seek the Lord, and ah, what a, that's like, that's the life right there. I love that. Uh, if I could do it all day, I would. But 
When we stop and realize all that Jesus went through for us, right? Picture the cross. He went to the cross. That bloodshed was for you and I. That he, he was tortured and beaten, uh, not only at the cross, not only three years of teaching the disciples, not only, you know, years back, but all the way from the very beginning of creation, God had the plan of redemption for mankind. He knew exactly what he was going to do for you and I. And it's very interesting when you think about it, what he went through for our, on our behalf, basically. And so our natural response is to love Love the Lord, right? Just love him back and, 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 and all that Christ has done for us. So, so they love Jesus, but secondly, they love others, right? Those who are victorious in Christ, this is the characteristics of, of their lifestyle. Notice in verse 1 and, and the, the rest of verse 1, it says, also loves him who is begotten of him. So those who are begotten are you and I, uh, believers in Christ Jesus, right? We're the church. And we, ne- we, we need to have this love for fellow believers, right? The other believers in the church. And loving some believers, I know it can be difficult. <laughs> some, some of them. There, there, there's some strange believers out there. And, and, uh, and that's not us, right? They're, they're strange because, you know. Some, some believers, you know, they might stink, they might eat grasshoppers. They might, you know, I picture John the Baptist. And there's, there's just certain people out there where you're like, man, they, they're different. But we're no different than they are, right? we got to realize that. Keep that in mind. Uh, God loves us in spite of who we are. He didn't die for us when we were so wonderful, did he? No, the Bible says, what does the Bible say? God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were so wonderful, no, what does it say? And that yet while we were sinners, that's when Christ died for us. So no matter how they treat us or what they say to us, we still, we need to love them. We need to love them, right, church? And, and that's what we do. We, we need to love them with that unconditional love. And that's that sacrificial, that selfless love. And, and uh, if you're cringing right now, I hear you. There's, there's, there's those certain people where you're like, ah, I'd rather love all these people, but that one person, you know, and no, you got to love them all. That's the characteristics of, of a believer. And that's how Christian spouses even stay together when their spouse cheated on them. I mean, that's big stuff, isn't it? Let's come to, to, to reality here. How do they stay together? Well, it's not through their own love, right? How, how is it? It's because of the love of Christ, right? They look at Jesus and and man, do, do, does that person deserve to be with me? Dude, no, they don't, right? Rightfully, I have the, you know, I could be angry and I could do this and I could throw a big storm and, and yeah, yeah, praise the Lord for that. You, sure, you can. But look at what Jesus did for you and I, right? What, did he die for us when we were yet wonderful? No. It's when we made a mistake, right? When we chose not to follow him is when he died for us. And that's when, as a believer we can stay together, right? We're a team, right? As a body of believers, we need each other. And we look to Christ at those times when, when people, we make mistakes, right? And, and there's something in us that thinks that we're so perfect and everybody else has to be like us. They don't listen to us. Hey, God's working on everybody 
on his timing, right? And on their time, it's, it, it's not on our timing. And, and I had to realize that, like, oh, why don't they listen? It's been two hours now, right? But, but we got to wait on the Lord and continue to love them in spite of them because of the love that Christ showed to us. And it only comes from Jesus Christ, right, that we can even be victorious in this area and overcomers in this area uh, in loving them. So, and forgiving them. Let's come to the third thing here. And uh, and there's only four things, so I'm going to kind of fly through here. I'm trying to reserve my voice and pass out after church and go home and just... It's horrible. A whole month of just being sick and just, you know, the, the weak feeling. It's horrible. But they they obey, right? So they are obedient to the commands of God. Those who are victorious in Christ, those who love the Lord. Uh, notice in verse 2, it says, By this we... Know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And so how do we know if we really love them? Well, he gives us two things here. Uh, number one, well, when we love God, and we already talked about that, right? And, but secondly, and keep his commandments. Notice verse 3. It says in verse 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And this is, this is really hard for a lot of believers, right? Turn, turn with me to Matthew 22. Matthew 22, a lot of believers think God's commands are burdensome. And, and this is, uh, this is a, a hard thing, but John clearly tells us that it's not a burden. Uh, and they're not heavy, they're not hard, they're not harsh. Uh, in fact, it's kind of interesting when you think about it. You're like, wait a minute. The Old Testament alone, you know, gives, what, 613 commandments? And, and you know, 365 don'ts and 248 do's? And, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that seems like a burden, right? But look at Matthew 22. Look, look, at, look in verse 34. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together against Jesus, right? And and then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, right, they're trying to bring him down and make him uh, just be a, a bad thing right here. But he says, teacher, what is the great commandment in law? Ha, 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 we got him now. Let's wait to see what he says now, right? That's their, their heart. And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so they're not a drag to obey since you're, you're loving the Lord, right? It's not hard. What are, what, what all those commandments are narrowed down to two. We love the Lord, which is, that's pretty easy to do. When you look at the Lord and all he is, God is love, right? According to 1 John. And so, but to love others, right? That's the second one there. And, and when you love the Lord, that's great. But God's love, when you first love the Lord, he'll enable you now to love others right and it'll, it'll be a natural thing to just love them you'll embrace them you'll hug them right you'll you'll, you'll and that's like against our tradition out here right you don't we don't hug people people are sick right by the way if you guys want a hug just come over afterward and just show you 
But, but his commandments, they're, they're a joy, right? They really are a joy to follow, and, and uh, it's a delight. So you can never love others, then God. It's, it's love the Lord, then others, right? So another thing about obedience, by the way, turn, turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. There, there are many things in the Bible that we are commanded to do. And there's a lot of, you know, do's and don'ts in the Bible. And, but these also we have to obey. And the problem is we need to obey even these commandments, right? And that's the thing is, but when we try to obey in our own flesh, in our own strength, then in our own power, in our own effort, that's where we fail, right? Where we think we got to do it and we, we try to achieve something in and of our own selves. And, and that's the downfall there. We realize we need a lot of help, not just a little. Amen? Is that just me? That's okay. It's just me. But if we're honest, though, there's, there's some commands we just don't want to obey. And, and that's our flesh, right? We're like, oh, I don't want to do that, right? And, and, uh, but we need a lot of help. And that help only comes by way of God's grace, right? And we look at Romans 1, 5. It's speaking of Jesus Christ. Romans 1, look at verse 5. Through him we have received grace, an apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So we've been given grace. Understand this verse. You can't be obedient to anything that God has called you to apart from his grace. It's interesting. From day one, God has taught us, hey, you can have all this Praise, you know, this is great. You could do all this and whatever you want to eat from everything else, but he narrows it all the way down to that one little thing. But just don't do this, right? And what do, what do man, what does man do? La, 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 la. Mm, that tastes good, right? And that was the fall of mankind. We chose to disobey the Lord. And, 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 uh, but, we need his grace to obey the Lord now. We, we can't even obey the Lord in and of our own self, right? We're going to go and be like, but this looks so good. <laughs> and we're going to fall into that trap. So how do we obey God? Well, it's by his grace, by the grace of God. Obedience is not something we do, by the way. Understand, it's something that Christ does through us. You see, it's his grace that he imparted to us that we're even able to accomplish what is good. And no wonder we're victorious and we're more overcomers in Christ Jesus, right? We're more than conquerors in Christ. So how can we walk bold as overcomers? Well, Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And that's how we can re we rely on the Holy Spirit to do his work in and through our hearts. And so let's come to the fourth and final thing here. Um, they have faith. They have faith. Um, notice in verse 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So those who are overcomers and are victorious in Christ Jesus are those who have faith in Christ Jesus, right? Jesus, he overcame, right? He even said it himself in John 16, 33. What did he say in the end? I have overcome the world. And do you have faith that Jesus 
has overcome the world. I mean, really, stop and think about it. I'll give you guys five minutes so I can take a breather here. But <laughs> think about it. Has he really, has he overcome the world? He overcomes anything that we go through, anything that comes to us, he has overcome, right? And, and, and see, it's about faith. It's all about faith. We have faith for eternal life, but why not have faith in the here and now for today, for every moment of our life? We need faith in Christ Jesus. And I believe every one of us has faith, by the way. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he says, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So Ephesians chapter 2 uh, verses 8 and 9, we understand that faith, it's a gift of the Lord. And faith is not something that we work at. It's something that is given to us. It's given to us. You want faith? Well, God wants to offer you that faith, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's only through the Lord that we receive this faith. It's not something that we work at, right, church? Uh, and I, I remind you guys on purpose because I know of all the churches that are in our area. I know of all the influence that's in our area. And I know it's a works-based uh, area, right, where they, they're constantly pushing it. So I'm going to constantly keep pushing. It's not about works. <laughs> it's, it's about Jesus. And that's the life that we live. It's not a burden, right? It's a joy, it's a joy to come to church. It's a joy to serve the Lord, right? And and it's what an honor it is. But and when you try to work at it, man, it's a it's it's horrible. But the question is, are we exercising our faith, right? Uh, we all have faith. We have we have a problem with with that faith, though. When you come in faith with Christ Jesus, uh, there's a lot coming at you and against you. Uh, but before I go through that, let's just take a little break, a little pause. I want to show you guys something in Revelation. Go, go with me to Revelation chapter 2 really quick. Um, here's some promises that God gives to the church, right? He's given us He's given us those promises to those who overcome, to those who are victorious. You see, uh, are we born again? Yes. Are we saved? Well, currently we're being washed. We're, we're being regenerated, right, by the blood of Christ. Because why? Because we keep falling short of the glory of God. So are we saved? That definition, that terminology, well, in God's eyes, yeah. But in a, currently, guess what? And it's not until we cross that finish line that we are, ha, ah, that we get to just relax and stop, right? That you cross the finish line, you don't receive the prize until then. And what's our finish line? Until we meet the Lord in the air, right? Or, or today, whatever it is. I've been praying that the Lord came this morning, but he didn't listen. But hopefully it's today. I'm, I'm still waiting. But, but there's promises that God has given us, right? And to those who overcome, to those who made it to the very end, who were victorious, not in the very beginning, right? Where they said, okay, I just, I, I said this, you know, a prayer and I raised my hand and, and now I'm going to keep living my life in sin in the world. What? Right? That doesn't make sense. If the, the blood of Christ has come upon your life, if you continue to understand you know, the Lord, and you have a relationship with the Lord, you can't go on living in sin. It's a burden, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to mess you up. We're to bore what is evil, cling to what is good, the Bible says. And, and uh, well, let's, Revelation chapter 2, look at verse 7. Um, it says, He 
who has an ear, I let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who, there it is, underline that, who overcomes, I will give to you from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Um, Look at verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Look at verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give up some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on that stone a new name, written which no one knows except him who receives it. Look at verse 26. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. Also, uh, as I also have received from my father, and I will give to him, uh, him the morning star. Look at chapter 3, verse 5. It says in verse 5, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. I love that. That's awesome. Look at, look at verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Look at verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as also I over, uh, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So the question is, as you're reading through Revelation, well, who are these people who overcame? Who are these people who are victorious? Go back to First John, about two pages to your left. First John five. Let's read verse 4 again in light of all of that, the promises that we have in, in, in the Lord. It says in verse 4, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So, guys, Yes, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, right? We're living for the Lord. We have faith. We're serving the Lord. We're walking with the Lord. We're spending that time with the Lord. God's doing a work in and through us to love those around us, right? Uh, our, our children, our spouses, our neighbors, our coworkers. And, and, and God's doing just wonders, right, before us. But you're not alone in this world. This world is 
the enemies, if you will, right? And, and, and we have three uh, problems, if you will, in our faith and in the walk that we walk with the Lord. There's three enemies that are coming against our faith in Christ Jesus. And number, it's Satan himself, number one. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17 or 10, uh, it says that he is the accuser of the brethren, Right? He's constantly at the throne of God accusing you and I and saying, you know, they're not worth it. They, they look at them. They've fallen. Look, they messed up. Look at your word and look at what they said and look what they did. Right? And he's shaming us, if you will. And, um, he's also the deceiver. We're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse, uh, what is it? My brain doesn't work now. So, 2 Corinthians 11, I think it's verse 4. But he, is the, the, he comes as an angel of lights, right? Um, and not only is he accusing us, uh, he's trying to deceive us, right? So we have a real power that is working against us in this world. And this is a superpower, right? And we cannot fight him in and of our own strength, in our own words, Right? It's only Christ Jesus and Him and through in and through our lives. It's by the name of Jesus, right, that there's any power. And if Christ is not living and dwelling in you, you're 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 nothing before the enemy. Right? I the Lord granted me a now I sound weird if I say this. I don't know if I should tell you guys, but it was just a dream. It wasn't anything fancy. It was probably the movies I was watching. But I had this dream that and this is when I was like 13 years old, right? And that I, I saw in my dream, it, what I, in my dream it was Satan, right? And I, how do you know who's Satan? I don't know. But it was in, in the, my dream. And I ran at him, trying to like punch him and kick him. And it was like hitting a block wall, right? It just hurt. I was like, whoa! And I, this guy was like 15 feet high in my dream. Um, and... But I, but I realized, you know, that in, in, when I woke up that morning, the Lord showed me in my, my reading is just that we're worthless. We, 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 we can't do anything in our own flesh, not even, t- not for the Lord, not even against the enemy. We have nothing, nothing in, in our own strength, right? That's where I learned Zechariah 4, 6, by the way. Um, it's not by mind or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, right? And, and I, 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 we're, we need to rely on the Lord every single day um, because of that. Well, our second problem, our second enemy, if you will, is the flesh. It's the flesh. In Romans chapter 7, verse 18, Paul says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. In Romans eight thirteen, it says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Galatians 5.19 talks about uh, the works of the flesh are evidence, and it gives us a whole list of them. It's obvious uh, the works that the flesh produces. And the question is, do we have faith in Jesus Christ to overcome the flesh, to overcome the enemy, right? In Galatians 5.24, the Bible says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In Romans chapter 13, verse 14, it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. In Galatians 5.16, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do you guys believe that? Do you believe what the Word says here? I mean, 
Do you have faith that Jesus Christ can enable you to crucify the flesh? That he really could do that? Do you, do you have faith that he actually, do you have faith in his word? That his word is true. If you know that his word is true, then there you go. But if you are doubting the word of God, if you're saying, oh, God really can't do that in creation in the very beginning, if you have a problem there, you're going to have a big problem in 1 John. Right? Um, but understand, we serve a mighty God, right? He is God Almighty. And he has created us, right? And it did take literal days, right, to do the work that he did. And, and uh, so just to throw that out at you guys. Um, so we're to walk in the spirit so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? So if we have faith in Christ, we, we believe what he says is true, then you and I, we are victorious in Christ Jesus, right? We're more than, we're overcomers in Christ Jesus because of Christ Jesus. But the problem also is the world. Notice in verse 5, um, it says, Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now turn with me to First John chapter 2, about a page or two to your left. The truth is the world can look very attractive, right? It's offering you and I a lot of desirable things that will divert uh, our attention away from Jesus Christ and, and the word of God and onto the world and the things of the world. And just because you and I, you know, we have, uh, if you guys have, you know, degrees and, and, and uh, I don't know, great jobs, wonderful things in this world, that's, that's not bad to have, right? The things of the world. But what is bad is that when those things become our master passion, right? Where we're setting our, our thoughts constantly on those things. Uh, it's it, when it begins to drive you in a sense, right? When it's your number one priority above Christ, it becomes our main focus. Then, uh, then that passion, that there's the problem right there, right? When we get lured into these things, and almost like fish, right? The, the, the world says, come and get it. And it's like throwing the bobber out there, right? The little hook and the little, you know, it's all shiny. And, and the fish is like, whoa, I'm good. Don't go to the light. I can't help it. Um, right? Wow, then you get taken away and you're, you're gone. But we can help it, right, as believers, because we're more than overcomers. We're, we are, uh, we're in Christ Jesus. So the, the things, they are shiny. They are wonderful looking. They, they are. They entice the flesh. That's why they're there, right? Um, but we gotta, we gotta, we gotta learn to shut it off, right? We gotta take thoughts captive. We gotta set your mind on the things. How do you wanna live this life, guys? Seriously. Do you wanna be, uh, victorious in Christ Jesus? In the end, what are they gonna say of us? What is our legacy that we leave behind? How do you get there right now, right? Who do, who is that person that you wanna be? I, I wanna be sold out to the Lord, like crazy, right? Who's Josh? I don't know, but I, uh, what is that guy's last name, by the way? Josh? I don't know. But that guy, he knows Jesus, right? He loves Jesus, and that's all I care about. I don't care about me and my reputation. I just want God's word to be magnified in my life, right? Be a walking magnifying glass, right, to to the world. But um, so the world is coming against us, right? And, and just... Uh, well, you guys get the picture there. Look at First John chapter 2. Look at verse 15. 
It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You see, the will of God is simply putting your faith in Jesus Christ, that he has not only conquered Satan, the flesh, and the world, right? But because of that, we can walk victorious. We can be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, right? We're overcomers because of what Christ has done for you and I. And the question is, do you have faith? Do you, is he Christ the Messiah? Is he the Son of God, right? And, and that he will sustain you, that he'll give you um, everything that you need in this life for, for godliness, right? To live this, this life that he's called us to. Do you have faith in him? Do you have faith that he will give you the grace that is sufficient for everything that comes our way, right? Do you have faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ? Some of you guys don't. Some of you guys have been playing church for years and years. Some of you guys are here, you're probably new here, and you're like, yeah, I don't know what you're thinking, but maybe you don't know the Lord. And, and, but that is, this passage is very, very clear. It's very simple. That's why I love it. Believe on the Lord Jesus, right? And that he is the Messiah. When you read the Old Testament, it's talking about the promised Messiah. It's talking about how, um, the things that Christ will do for you and I, and he did, right? He came to this world. He did die on the cross for you and I. He did rise again from the grave three days later uh, victoriously, right? And, and those who call on the name of the Lord, right? If you confess your sins, he's faithful. He's just. He'll forgive you of your sins. But you got to do that. You got to confess. And the only thing that's going to keep you from confessing is yourself. It's your own pride. It's your own prestige. It's your own uh, you, right? It's going to keep you away from having eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so I, uh, man, I, uh, if I can influence you, if I can persuade you, um, if anything, give your life to the Lord, right? Christian, if you've been walking with the Lord for many years, still today, give your life to the Lord, right? It's a constant returning to the Lord. And, and it really is. It's a constant dying. And no wonder the Bible says in, in the book of Mark, in the book of Matthew, uh, we'll be going through Mark on Wednesday, by the way, um, but Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus said, right? Die to yourself. And that's what he's called us to do. Uh, but see, your pride is going to keep you from dying, right? It's going to keep you off the altar. But God has called us to live this life the way he wa wants us to live this life, right? We, we quoted John sixteen thirty three earlier that uh, we're promised by God, that we're going to go through persecution. We're going to go through tribulations, right? We're going to go through these things in life, but be still and know that he's God. He's got it, right? Just continue to rely on him because in our own flesh, we have nothing. Amen, church? And we got to rely on him, and he is everything. So um, stand with me, if you guys don't mind, and let's give it to the Lord. I know it's very simple, but uh, it's, it's the word, right? So let's pray. Father, thank you so much. 
uh, for your goodness, Lord. And I do ask, Lord, if there are those here who do not know you, uh, Lord, that they would call out to you, that they would enter into that relationship that you have for them, that they would repent of their sins, Lord, turn back from the things that they are doing and, and allow you to uh, be that overcomer in their life, to be victorious, to live the life that you've called them to. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the work that you've done in our hearts, Lord, and the work that you continue to do. In Philippians 1, Lord, you say, uh, he who began a good work in us will complete it to the very end. And so I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the promises that we have in you and that we're able to abide in those things because of your grace. And so I ask, Lord, that you would strengthen your church, Lord. Uh, The day that we're living in, we need you, Father, above all else, Lord. We need uh, to call out to you. We need to call out uh, the things that we've been doing in our lives, Lord, and give it over. And I pray, Lord, that you uh, you would be glorified in our hearts, Lord. Um, continue to teach us, Lord, in the way we should go. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you, is he Christ the Messiah? Is he the Son of God, right? And, and that he will sustain you, that he'll give you um, everything that you need in this life for, for godliness, right? To live this, this life that he's called us to. Do you have faith in him? Do you have faith that he'll give you the grace that is sufficient for everything that comes our way, right? Do you have faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ? Some of you guys don't. Some of you guys have been playing church for years and years. Some of you guys are here, you're probably new here, and you're like, yeah, I don't know what you're thinking, but maybe you don't know the Lord. And, and, but that is, this passage is very, very clear. It's very simple. That's why I love it. Believe on the Lord Jesus, right? And that he is the Messiah. When you read the Old Testament, it's talking about the promised Messiah. It's talking about how um, the things that Christ will do for you and I. And he did, right? He came to this world. He did die on the cross for you and I. He did rise again from the grave three days later uh, victoriously, right? And, and those who call on the name of the Lord, right, if you confess your sins, he's faithful, he's just, he'll forgive you of your sins. But you got to do that. You got to confess. And the only thing that's going to keep you from confessing is yourself. It's your own pride. It's your own prestige. It's your own uh, you, right? It's going to keep you away from having eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so I, uh, man, I, uh, if I can influence you, if I can persuade you, um, if anything, give your life to the Lord, right? Christian, if you've been walking with the Lord for many years, still today, give your life to the Lord, right? It's a constant returning to the Lord. And, and it really is. It's a constant dying. And no wonder the Bible says in, in the book of Mark, in the book of Matthew, uh, we'll be going through Mark on Wednesday, by the way, um, but deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus said, right? Die to yourself. And that's what he's called us to do. Uh, but see, your pride is going to keep you from dying, right? It's going to keep you off the altar. But God has called us to live this life the way he want, wants us to live this life, right? We, we quoted John sixteen thirty three earlier that uh, we're promised by God, that we're going to go through persecution. We're going to go through tribulations, right? We're going to go through these things in life, 
but be still and know that he's God. He's got it, right? Just continue to rely on him because in our own flesh, we have nothing. Amen, church? And we got to rely on him, and he is everything. So um, stand with me, if you guys don't mind, and let's give it to the Lord. I know it's very simple, but uh, it's, it's the word, right? So let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Uh, for your goodness, Lord. And I do ask, Lord, if there are those here who do not know you, uh, Lord, that they would call out to you, that they would enter into that relationship that you have for them, that they would repent of their sins, Lord, turn back from the things that they are doing and and allow you to uh, be that overcomer in their life, to be victorious, to live the life that you've called them to we love you, Lord. We thank you for the work that you've done in our hearts, Lord, and the work that you continue to do. In Philippians 1, Lord, you say, uh, he who began a good work in us will complete it to the very end. And so I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the promises that we have in you and that we're able to abide in those things because of your grace. And so I ask, Lord, that you would strengthen your church, Lord, Uh, The day that we're living in, we need you, Father, above all else, Lord. We need uh, to call out to you. We need to call out uh, the things that we've been doing in our lives, Lord, and give it over. And I pray, Lord, that you would would be glorified in our hearts, Lord. Um, Continue to teach us, Lord, in the way we should go. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.